This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to the Jason in the House podcast. I'm Jason Chaffetz, and uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to take a little riff on the news, highlight the stupid, because, you know, there's always somebody doing something stupid somewhere. And then we're going to phone a friend. Actually, you're going to be sitting in person with this friend because uh, I'm actually recording this at the Fox News studios. And uh, Todd Pyro, uh, some of you may know him, some of you may not, but he is the host of Fox and Friends First, comes on really early. So for those of you on the West Coast, it's like really super late at night, but I was on the, on the, on the West, on the East Coast, it comes on super early. Uh, I believe it's four to 6 a.m. in the morning, but you know, you've seen Todd. And if you, if you watch this, um, ever watch some of these YouTube videos and whatnot, Todd was the guy dancing like crazy when when Flowrider was playing at the uh, the concert series that Fox and Friends sponsors and uh, I I look really looking forward to it you know he's the kind of guy I keep bumping into in the halls keep chatting I see him on on air at Fox but I've never really kind of sat down and had a conversation with him and uh, he's he's a host here at Fox and want to get to know him a little bit better so we're gonna sit down rather than phone a friend with Todd Pyro and he's uh I'm really looking forward to that. But uh, I want to kick things off by taking a little hot take on the news and uh, try to bring you some things that maybe others aren't spending the proper time or have the inclination to talk through. And and one of the things I saw in, in the news was Supreme Court Justice Alito. He was he was overseas. Uh, I saw this on FoxNews.com, and the, the headline is Supreme Court Justice Alito hits back at foreign critics of abortion decision. Alito mocks foreign critics who denounce Supreme Court ruling to overturn Roe versus Wade. And what's interesting about this, he was speaking in Rome. Um, he was at the Notre Dame Law School. And uh, around the globe, a lot of leaders uh, probably don't understand our system, probably don't understand our law, and don't necessarily understand the Supreme Court. Um, and even UK Prime Minister, former Prime Minister Boris Johnson, he called the June ruling, quote, a step backwards. And um, I, I want to read some of the quotes from Alito because I think it's very um, a very interesting perspective. And, and his is a unique one. He said, I had the honor this term of writing, I think, the only Supreme Court decision in the history of that institution that has been lambasted by a whole string of foreign leaders who felt perfectly fine commenting on America law. And that's true. I think we've had probably foreign leaders comment here and there, but maybe not as as much in chorus, um, uh, in unison across the globe. Um, and he made this little joke about Boris Johnson and that, uh, you know, that's the reason the, the people of the UK kicked him out. But no, um, 
this is what he went on to say, Justice Alito. But what really wounded me was when Duke of Sex, Sex, Sussex addressed the United Nations and seemed to compare the decision whose name may not be spoken with the Russian attack on Ukraine. Well, despite this temptation, I'm not going to talk about the cases from other countries. All I'm going to say is that ultimately, if we're going to win the battle to protect religious freedom in an increasingly secular society, we will need more than positive law. And I think he makes a really, really, a really interesting point. Alito said, a major challenge for him is figuring out figuring out how to convince the increasing number of young Americans who do not identify with a religion that religious liberty is something that should be protected. And there are those of us, especially me and, and a host of others, that believe and understand, I think, that it's so important to be able to protect this freedom. That freedom radiates out. And it it doesn't just say... Uh, you hear some of these arguments. Oh, there's separation of church and state. That's that's not what the Constitution says. That's not what the Constitution. That's not in the Constitution. What the First Amendment does is allows places of worship or or religions to be able to speak out on issues, but also not have just one religion that is perpetuated forward by a government. And the ability for religious institutions, religious organizations to have that free speech who do believe um, in God and other um, ways of expressing that, that they have the freedom that our founders believed was so critical. And it was so critical in the foundation of our country. And so you may be agnostic. You may be uh, somebody who has decided that uh, there isn't a God. Um, That's fine. That's your individual right. But that doesn't mean there should be a suppression of religious liberties. It's, It's really interesting to me because what I find is the so many people who are the um, biggest proponents of diversity end up being the least diverse in their thinking that there can possibly be. I have run into that time and time again on multiple different issues. But on the issue of free speech, you would think we could be more united in making sure that, hey, if somebody wants to express that viewpoint, okay. And uh, I think that's what Justice Alito is is talking about. And uh, uh, his being lambasted around the world, you know, there's uh, even those that still believe that, hey, this decision by the Supreme Court was just, um, you know, we're going to wipe out um, the ability of a woman to get an abortion. It does not. It simply says that the states can make those decisions and that those decisions need to be the closest to the people. That the original Roe versus Wade was a political uh, decision by the court. It was not something that was enshrined in the in the Constitution, um, and I'm sure it'll be widely debated for a long period to come. But I thought Justice Alito's comments while he was overseas in Italy, um, it made a lot of sense and something that probably should have gotten a little bit more attention. I know there's a lot happening in the news, but all right, let's transition because I want to talk about. Something stupid. Because you know what? There's always somebody doing something stupid somewhere. And I go right to uh, (laughs) 
the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, they decided to change the definition or add a definition of the word female. And this is their entry. Having a, this is B under one, one B, female. Having a gender identity that is the opposite of male. Well, first of all, that is the lamest definition from somebody who's supposed to be an expert in definitions. That makes absolutely no sense to me here. For if having gender identity is something that is new uh, in terms of Merriam-Webster Dictionary, to just say, oh, it's the opposite of male, uh, that doesn't necessarily define what it is either but to jump to the conclusion that it's just how you identify is the definition of woman I, I that again I don't think that is the right way to go and I think they absolutely screwed it up again part of the argument which I totally disagree with and I'm trying to fully understand um, but I just don't at this point is that there are people that believe that you can have dozens, if not a hundred different identities um, and different uh, genders along the way. And so to say that it's simply the opposite of male kind of falls short of trying to define it. My guess is that some people who believe in sort of those radical ideas over there, they wouldn't necessarily agree with this either. And I certainly don't. And it should have, if you can't define uh, the female, the other definitions that Merriam-Webster gives of of relating to or being the sex that typically has the capacity to bear young or produce eggs. Uh, uh, anyway, it, it goes on from there. Um, and um, I would think that it would be fairly simple. But gosh, how this country got into this discussion, I don't know. But Merriam-Webster... I'm sorry. I think what you're putting out there is the is uh, changing the definition. Missed the mark with absolutely everybody on that spectrum, and that to me seems just a little bit stupid. All right, time to move on. Time to give a, a phone a friend, and in that, like I said, this time we're going to get a chance to to talk with Todd Pyro in person. So let me transition to um, my sitting down with Todd Pyro. Normally we phone a friend, but uh, this time. Uh, we're sitting face to face. So, uh, Todd, thanks for joining us today on the Jason in the House podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, is this your house? Oh, yeah. As far as you're concerned, it's, yeah. It's your really badge nice. lets you into to my house. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, this is the, the Fox Studios. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is... Um, I was wondering why my key card worked in your house. I thought that was I odd. had to turn it on, but it'll be turned off in about 30 minutes sure. after you leave. So try, try not to use sure. it again. Um, no, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. You know, this is what the, one of the fun things for me is, you know, we part of the Fox family. You start bumping into people that you wouldn't normally otherwise spend time with and and uh, say hello along the way. And uh, I'm glad our paths have crossed. So, Likewise. I, when you said that just now, obviously we don't have a camera. I mean, my face was very stoic and serious, and I don't know why I emoted that. I should have been smiling and saying, thank you, Jason, in the house for having me on your podcast. Well, it's very I, early in the morning. Is. So you start early yeah, this in the isn't morning. early, brother. I mean, Fox and Friends first start. I mean, what time do you come into Fox? I roll in 2 a.m. 
It's literally two a.m. <laughs> so what? What time do you get, have to try to go to bed? It is an exciting life I lead, Jason Chafe. It's because, as you know, we got a, a twenty-month-old and a one-month-old for all intents and purposes. So uh, I have to do daddy duty. I'm not rolling to bed until seven thirty-eight, and then I'm up before midnight. Because I need to shower, shave, get myself ready, come on into work. I don't live like around the corner. I'm not a city guy. I am not city folk. I am country folk. So I live in the country, albeit in Connecticut. Uh, So I got to come in. And uh, that trip takes a little time, even though there's nobody on the road. So, yeah, I'm rocking a good three and a half to four hours of sleep a night. Try to get a nap during the day. Sometimes try to get a nap. After my show, before I do other things, my plan was to do that today before you and I decided to chat. But Fox and Friends needed a hit outside of a bodega for Mega Million. So no nap today. It'll be the children and my wife that suffer when I go back home. Well, I I hate to get in to interrupt uh, nap day uh, or nap time too. But thanks for joining us. No, this was planned. This has been on the schedule for weeks now. I can plan around this. Yeah, but I don't normally do like an 8 a.m. podcast, but I... I, I, no, I'm more like, a, right. hey, let's let's record this at like two. <laughs> this is what I was told. This is why I showed up at 8 a.m. We could have done two. I could have stayed late. I wouldn't have stayed late. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know. That was All a politician right. answer. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, we uh, thank right. you. I'm learning. I learned from the best. I learned from change. Yes. Yes. Um, well, l- let's talk about your journey to Fox sure. and, and just kind of growing up. And because and, you didn't grow like you said you weren't a city Nope. Kid, you didn't grow up in New York City. Where did, where were you born? I grew up in a far, far away land from here, Verona, New Jersey. It's literally about 25 minutes across the river. But, you know, so I grew up with New York always in the background. Go to my grandparents. You'd hop on this main road called Upper Mountain Avenue. And you'd see the beautiful New York City buildings in the distance. But, you know, we didn't really go in in the city because I'm an 80s kid. You know, this place was really yeah. dangerous in the 80s, you know. Exactly like it is now. Um, it is. The city has changed. Right. It really is dangerous. She's right? literally doing this live shot just now. Uh, we didn't have security just because we wanted to, to bang it out quickly. We didn't want a huge entourage. Approached by so many people, you know, that everybody just wants you to give them a handout. And it's, it's, it's not the city it was just a few years ago. But again, it, it kind of is what it was in the 80s. And so anyway, you asked about my background. Grew up there, um, high school there, uh, 1996. But wait, let's go back yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah. you are you like the only child? No, you I have got a brother. brothers, sisters? I have one brother. One brother, he, uh, he works in human resources and makes a boatload of money. God bless him. The Toby is he like Toby or so, on no the no 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 he's he works for a major company. Uh, he I shouldn't say yeah you have this vision of yeah the okay, office Michael yeah. okay no that, that's not my bro <laughs> my brother works in like recruiting aspect of it and boy their company I don't want to say it because I don't want to blow up his spot but you know they're like a casino they win whether. <laughs> The economy's good and there are a lot of jobs or there aren't a lot of jobs because either way, they're playing the People they're playing the grift. Yeah. yeah. So uh, God bless him. Um, he's uh, he's going to be the one supporting my okay. parents. So grow, <laughs> growing up, were you like, did you guys play sports the whole time? Were you like, no, we were nerds playing chess. What, what were you doing? I was a nerd who played sports. My brother, 
my brother really wasn't in a category. Like he was smart, he did okay in school, but he wasn't didn't have to be number one like me. Like I had to be valedictorian, or that was going to be it. That was literally my life's goal was to be valedictorian. All this other stuff's gravy now. Um, but I also was big into sports. Uh, I always felt bad. Like my brother never went to the games with my dad, whereas you know we had Giants tickets, we had Devils because I'm a hockey guy, we had Nets because allegedly they were a basketball team in the '80s in New Jersey. So I would always end up going. My brother had no interest. Still has no interest. He went to Villanova for college, right? And Amazing were, basketball program. They were program. rocking in basketball back Yeah. Scott, that's his name. Um, how many uh, players can you name? Crickets. <laughs> uh, and his wife went to Villanova, too. Don't know anything. But anyway, so I'm the big sports guy. I played all the sports. Uh, soccer, baseball in high school. A uh, little tennis. Basketball before uh, high school. I, I'm a horrible basketball player. But you know what my major regret sports-wise in life is? Not playing hockey. Yeah. That's my dream. I, well, you know, you can do that here on the on the East Coast, and a lot of places you can't. That's not even an option. True, I, I, I could do it logistically, climate wise, as you're referring. Kid wise, with two under twenty months, there ain't no hockey. Yeah. If I'm up at three o'clock in the morning, it's either for this job or for a feeding, or because a kid is losing her, you know what? Because she had a bad dream and doesn't know how to console herself. By the way, yeah. I, it may sound like I don't enjoy being a parent. I love it. It's the greatest job in the world. But you know, this has been a rough week, Chaffetz. Yeah, it's been a rough week. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, that is a tough schedule to get up as early as you as as you do. But um, you boy, you throw so much energy into it. I, I got to tell you, I will for I have forever ingrained in my in my brain uh, what was going on with Flow Rider because you really let loose. Can I explain how yeah. this all went? To how much time do awesome. we have? Because there actually is a whole. Oh, we got time. Yeah, and I don't know if I've ever told the actual story in a broadcast format. Yeah, let's hear it. So, obviously, the Fox and Friends summer concert series schedule comes out. Right. And you're always curious. It comes out like what? April, May. Yeah. I was yeah. You kind of get the, who you want to be, where you want to be in town for. And yeah. It's like you know, okay, Lee Greenwood. Understood. Foreigner. I was excited about Foreigner. Some, some 80s rockers, right? Yeah. Country singers, you know, some people that you know. You're Christian rock. Wait, wait who's that? F- Flowrider. What, what does that say? Flowrider. July 8th. Yeah. I got the biggest red marker that I could find, and I circled that. Unfortunately, what a horrible way to begin that. Begin that. Um, we were having a baby, and so <laughs> I did not know if I was going to make it back from the birth for... Flow rider. So, of course, being the dutiful husband I am, I asked my wife to have the baby as soon as possible, and she obliged <laughs> so that my couple weeks off coincided with Flow Rider's Fox and Friends appearance. So, literally, my first day back, July 6th, Flow Rider, July 8th. I made it just in time. And so, in the lead up to all this, I'm thinking to myself, okay. This is going to be my real one concert for the year because I got stuff to do. I got to do the Jason Chaffetz podcast at 8 a.m. on a Friday. You know, I got things to do. So I said, we're going to go all out for this one. So I'm going to come up with the dance. If you've seen the movie Tropic Thunder, there's a dance from uh, Les Grossman is the character played by... Tom Cruise dressed up in this fat suit with horrible hair all over the place. It's a hysterical dance. If you research it, he actually spent a year working on it. It's amazing how much time I'm a huge put. Tom Cruise fan. Right? That guy, and it sounds like something he would do, right? You work 100%. on it for a year to, to hit it just the way it should. So I, of course, did not work on it for a year. I worked on it for 10 minutes, but I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out there 
And when he's playing in the breaks, I'm going to do the flow rider, Tom Cruise, Tropic Thunder dance. So I asked AJ, who's in charge of the concerts, for the set list to find out what time. And he said it's going to be around 8. So I'm like, this is perfect. I'll do my 8 o'clock, make it for Instagram, and then I'll hit the train before everything gets crazy at the end. I'll go home. I'll, I'll do the kid thing, and it'll be fine. Little did I know, that concert... And that whole experience out there on that Friday was an amazing experience. I don't mean to get too, 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 I don't know, gushy over this, but we've been through a lot as as a country over the last couple of years. Yeah. Not a lot of laughing, not a lot of moments where people were just in the moment enjoying life. And this guy, Flo Rida, gets up there. And when I tell you, he did not stop performing for a good two hours. He was playing commercial break, non-commercial break. He just kept going and going and going. It was an amazing environment. Old, young, black, white, women, man, child. Everybody was just happy. Can you think of a moment in the last two years where you yeah. walked into a scene where everybody was just happy? So I stuck around because this is not something that we've experienced. It was a beautiful moment. I wanted to enjoy it. He's going into the crowd, even told the crowd at one point, I do this because I love to make people happy. I did not realize Flo Rida was yeah. this deep. I was just thought, hey, here's the guy who makes music from the movies in the 2000s that I liked. Right. Way different than that. It was an amazing experience. So I decided to stick around. So I stick around and make closer and closer to the stage. I made my videos. The videos were horrible. You can look them up online. Not very good. So I get closer and closer. What and closer is the Instagram the account? Uh, at Todd.Pyro. Okay. I went crazy. I, I real original there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. People can find that at Todd, at Todd.Pyro. P-I-R-O. And so I get closer to the stage and, you know, typically it's the main cast that goes on. So I asked Gavin, who's the guy in charge of Fox and Rose. I was like, can I go up there? He's like, sure. It doesn't matter. It's low rider. It's, you know, going on Fox Nation. So I get up there and what does he do? He plays low again. This is after he played it in the 8 a.m. hour. This is now like 8.56 in the commercial break. He plays it. Something came over me, Jason Chaffetz. I just, the music took over me. And uh, I got low, pants split. It was a beautiful moment that brought the nation together and was utilized on Fox and Friends multiple times throughout the weekend in, in montages. And then again on Monday because people couldn't let it go. Yeah. And if you haven't seen the video, um, you got to go find this video because it really is fun. And it is amazing to me that this is happening at like in the 8 a.m. hour. Correct. You know, these concerts sometimes, you know, hey, we'll start at 10 p.m. and then they get rocking. But Flow Rider's a special personality because to be able to get going at seven something in, in the morning and just really let it loose and he's got a great following and <laughs> and I, I more power to him. If he can have people rocking and, and dancing and having fun like that and I, I just love that you cut loose and made it made it a a special moment. It's really a warning to 44-year-old men who are of a dad bod <laughs> that maybe they should be a little bit more cognizant of them of themselves, their their weight and their overall visage. Um when 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 in public, I probably shouldn't have gotten as low as I got Jason Chaffetz, but it is what it hey, is. You're inspirational. Oh, come on. Come, come on. on. This yeah. is what we all aspire to right there. <laughs> If I'm inspiration, you need to seek out a higher source. <laughs> Let me tell you, there's other people out there you should be going to. No, it's contagious. People want to be around people that are fun and that they they like and that they're that are having a good time. So I thought it was awesome. And that's what that experience was. Not about me. People wanted to be around Flo Rida. They wanted to be around his hype man, who was the greatest name ever. International nephew is yeah. his hype man's name. I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, the greatest name in the world. 
You're listening to Jason and the House. We'll be back with more of my conversation with Todd Pyro right after this. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Let's figure out how did you get to this place where you're sure. growing up on stage with Flo Rider. So you, you, you growing up, you're playing sports. Um, you got this, sounds like a pretty, you know, great family. It's all yeah. going together. Um, and then when you get done with high school or you're in high school, and you have to start thinking about that moment about, hey, what, what am I going to do? Like, where is life taking me? Did you did you have a clear vision for that? Or did you just like, oh, I just next I go to 10th grade, then I go to 11th grade, then I go, then I graduate. I mean, then what? I always had a plan. Um, and God laughs at our plans. I understand that. But I always knew I wanted to do something broadly in this field. And, but but I, I don't mean necessarily but like- why? I don't know. I think it, a lot of it had to do with the fact that my mom really, really enjoyed watching local news. And yeah. uh, so I... So when you were having meals like dinner time, did mom have the TV on? And WABC 7. You were always on in the, the background, yeah. See, I when I was growing up, I remember like 60 Minutes was like a big deal. Like the whole family would gather around the television to watch 60 Minutes. And I learned a lot. I was a little kid, but that's what mom and dad were doing. So that's what I did. And... Things like that. I remember reading the newspaper. Yeah. My parents put the newspaper. Kids watch, listen to this podcast. I don't even know what a newspaper is these right. days. And that's sad because I like to read the Star Ledger there in Jersey as well. And as I got older, the Post, nod to our corporate cousin. Um, but yeah, I just always had an interest in this world. And I, I think I loved the fast pace of it, fast pace of it. Or at least, you know, when you're watching as a high school, you're thinking, oh, that's yeah. something interesting. I'd like to get into it. You have no clue ultimately what it is. You're just kind of saying, oh, that's fun. You know, just like yeah. every middle school is like, well, I want to be a baseball player. They don't know right. all that goes into it. Um, so when I went to college, I, I, I definitely painted. Where'd with you go a, to college? Dartmouth College, Hanover, New Hampshire. So I definitely painted with a broad brush. I was pre-med, pre-law, uh, had a film. Pre-med and pre-law. Well, 
this is when I first got there, and then the weeding wow, out process you, yeah, begins. You, you had some aspirations, you know. So let's let's back that train up. I was pre med until organic chemistry, and <laughs> yeah. when that nice F plus was greeting me in organic chemistry, that's when uh, pre med went out F the plus. went out the door. So, um, and you know, then obviously things get crystallized. I, I did well in the in the pre law classes, your government, your poli sci classes. Uh, did the film stuff, but I I, I knew I wasn't a a thespian. I was wasn't a dramatic person. I think there are important skills that I learned, you know, editing point A to point B to point C, trying to tell a story. And I think that that was useful for both this business, but also for my career as a lawyer. We'll get to that in a second. Um, So I'm glad I did it. I was never going to be like, you know, Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, That's that's not my journey. I do not have that creative bone. But during those experiences, during my college experience, I did a lot of internships in news, at WABC7, at Good Morning America, and at this upstart called the Fox News Channel. We report, you decide. Wow. So, I mean... Full circle. This this network started in the in, in the 80s, and so you showed up as an intern. What, who, who were you? What was your intern role? Isn't that an interesting question? Because now you are here as this place is very organized, very structured. Sure. The, the facilities are not nicer. The Yes. This place started in 96. I was an intern in 98. Okay, they were still figuring it out. Uh, I'll always remember the amazing intern coordinator. She was great, but it's not like you were assigned to a show like you are now. You weren't. You weren't like, hey, you're going to go work for Bill Hemmer or John Hannity or somebody. I was assigned to the downstairs newsroom. Do you remember that place? (laughs) You remember that? So I would float like if somebody needed something, I do it. And it was obviously a non-union shop, and they were still figuring out. So they didn't have tons of people. So I got to do a lot. I got to interview right. people. They would send me out on the street to actually get the man on the street interviews. That's how you learn really? to interview people. Um, and I got so many great experiences. I would write scripts for certain people that are no longer here. I don't want to say their names. Sure. Write scripts for yeah. national television. Like I, As an intern, I probably shouldn't have been doing that. I would never let an intern write my script in 2022. But it was a different place in 1998. And so I got a lot of great experience. Um, and then, uh, of course, the next logical step, apply to law school. Yeah, of course. Right. I mean, that's sure. that's the natural right. evolution that everybody right. <laughs> takes, right? So, um, where did you go to law school? West, as a West Coaster yourself, I went to UCLA. I've heard of it. It's a little I've heard school. It's an up and coming. Uh, up and coming. I school. think the Bruins are. Uh, yeah, they. That's uh, yes. Well, that's a little bit further away from home. It is. Uh, what was the Was it because of their football team or their baseball <laughs> you know, team or something? I mean, amazing why question. UCLA. I, you know, I always wanted to try LA. Uh, and I know LA is kind of an, a rough place right now, but um, I always wanted to try it. And LA I, Law was that? Uh, no, I mean I was that that show was a little bit older than me. Uh, that show was more like 1984. Right, I was like six. My colors Sorry, there, brother. Yes. Um, but I just wanted to try it, and I, I knew that if I didn't go to LA when I was 22, I was never going there. Because right. um, I mean DC, DC and New York are next to each other. I, I kind of had a hunch. Yeah, you that get I'd on go, the train, you go there for right. the day, you can come back. Yeah. But if I didn't go to LA and try that, I figured law school is a great opportunity. I did not want to go start out in local news in some really, really tiny market in the middle of the country. My college was in a tiny market, what I consider in the middle of the country, New Hampshire. Um, so that wasn't for me. I'm not a city guy, but I'm also not like, let me go as far away from the city right. as possible. I'm a suburb guy. I grew up in the suburbs. I like suburbs. You're not doing I live in a Bismarck. And- exactly. So uh, did LA. I absolutely loved UCLA. Why I picked UCLA, honestly, it was cheap. Uh, great school. Best school I got into and cheap. 
Wow. So forty thousand dollars for all three years in total. Well, yeah, you try doing that now. No, at UCLA, you can't do that now. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of distractions out there in Los Angeles. Tell me more, Sunshine Jason and sports. And Would you believe I went to the beach three total times during my 12 years in California? I was working. I was studying to be a lawyer, and then I was a lawyer. Hey, Not if a that's lot of your time. answer, we'll go with it. I'm serious, yeah. That's amazing, because, yeah. yeah, the beach is pretty enticing, and it's very close, too. It is. Especially when you live in Santa Monica. It was 20 blocks away. But, you know, look, I, if you take away one thing from this, I'd like it to be, yeah, that power guy, he's nice and funny. But, two, I work really hard. And I, I, I believe in hard work. I worked hard as a law student. I worked hard as a lawyer. And I like to think I work pretty hard now. Okay, so you're getting to the end of law school. Yes, sir. Now, what are you going to do? Uh, I did what everybody else does. And there was a three-pronged approach why I did it. One, you know, I ultimately knew I did, didn't want to go into this business. And when you start out in this business, you're not making any money. So I knew I could sort of, you know, fill the coffers for a couple year, years at a big-time law firm, which is what I did. Um, wanted the backup plan because this right. business is fickle. Right. You know, there's only so many spots. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And and three, you know, it's a good degree to have for this business. Is at least that's what I thought. And quite frankly, it is. I, I think a large part of the reason I'm here was that third prong was the, the fact that, yeah, I feel like everybody here is a law degree, but it helps you get in the door here. And, and so I'm very thankful for it. But yes, I did go the big firm route, uh, summer associate, that whole deal, and ended up working at a New York based firm, but in their LA office. Oh. Okay, so you stayed in L.A. for yes, a little sir. bit. but uh, w w So how, when did you make the transition to doing something in the media world? If you remember, I said I did those internships. Well, right. part of the internships is getting experience, but it's also making connections. Yeah, meeting the people. And yeah. I kept up with those connections throughout the course of my time. One of them, I'm waiting for this other person to walk through the door any moment. She was one of the people that I kept up the connections with. She now works at, at Fox Weather. Just the absolute craziest thing in the world. Um but I kept up my connections at all these places and was able to make my resume tape through these individuals. So for WIBC7, for example, the right. ABC flagship. Yeah, big, a big, 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 uh, big show. Yeah. When I would come back home for weddings, because that's the time of your life in your 20s, yeah. late 20s, people get yeah. married. I would take another day off from the law and go into the city and shoot my resume tape. And so, little by little, there's so many weddings, able to compile a resume tape so that when I was able to pull the trigger in early 2008, I had a resume tape. I didn't have to start from scratch, sent the resume tape out, uh, quit the job in April of 2008, and uh, soon thereafter, three weeks, started at uh, KPSP Local 2 in Palm Springs, California. Really? Yes, sir. And what was your role? I started as, I find whenever I'm brought in, it's like, we don't have a role for you, but you, we want you in the building. Um, so I was- <laughs> That's a good sign, but yeah, it, yeah, but it was makes it hard on day one, right? Semi-weekend anchor, weekday reporter. Um, so, But I also had to produce the weekend newscast, which is great because, you know, yeah, I had a lot of producing experience up till that point. You didn't miss anything. I had zero producing experience up to that point. But it's you know small market local news. Figure it out. Um, so that's what we did, and I did that for about a year before my co-anchor and I were named morning anchors there out of KPSP. We did that for three years, and um, after twelve years total in California, four years Palm Springs, eight years LA, I missed my family. It was time to come home. And so, how'd you make that transition? I mean, something's got to open yeah. up, right? You started throwing the resume out there and the tape around, and what popped for you? The agent got me NBC Connecticut. Really? And uh, figured, yeah, Connecticut's close enough to Jersey. Yeah, yeah. My, my brother and my cousin are in the city, so we'll go to Connecticut. And uh, day one, saw my wife. I, I can't say I met my wife, because that implies that, like, 
We got married on day right. two, but I saw this lady in a blue dress, and I was like, ah. So, yes. Yeah, it got your attention, right? It woke me up, and, uh, you know, time passed, and a couple months later, asked her out, and uh, the rest is history. No, oh, very good. So, how did you make the transition to Fox? What was the what was the opportunity here? My news director, one of my news directors in local news at, at NBC Connecticut, um, he went to the Chicago uh, Fox station, the Fox own own station in Chicago. Matt Piacente is his name. He's uh, I owe basically everything to Matt Piacente. I was Matt's guy. Matt was my guy. You know, you just have a boss that sure. you just click with. And uh, but his whole family is in Chicago. His kids are in Chicago. So he ended up taking that gig. And uh, push came to shove. I said, Hey, Matt. You know, I think my time at the Peacock has has run its course both nationally and uh, and locally. So I said. Can you see what you can do at Fox? Because at that point, I know I was an intern here, but at some point, the connection strength, it only goes so far. When you want to get an on-air gig at the Fox News Channel, you need to be in a higher stratosphere. Uh, And Matt's obviously talking to the people that matter here at, at Fox. And so one thing led to another. Gave my tape, my resume tape to the people that that mattered, and I had three consecutive Thursdays of interviews. So hopped on the Metro North train from Connecticut into the city, boom, boom, boom. And, uh, and why do you think you got the got the job, got the gig where others didn't? I know why I got it, and it's the thing that makes me unique. Not to this place, but I think unique in this business, but it's what this place goes for. This place loves you to be yourself. Right. That's the number one thing that they tell you they want you to do. And it's the number one thing our audience responds to. And although that can be difficult because I'm a lot to take, just ask my wife, um, by and large, the audience, at least with regard to to me, tolerates it enough that they've kept me on here now greater than five years. But all joking aside, that's what makes this place special. Whereas a lot of times you're watching other people on TV and it's like, you can tell they're putting on airs, that's not necessarily them. Basically, I mean, you can, uh, I think you agree. Everybody in this building is exactly how they are on TV off air, for better or for worse. Right, right, right. Um, And it's that authenticity that I think got me hired. It's what gets other people hired here. And it's it's what our audience likes. And it's what the, the people here like. And it makes it so much easier. You know, you don't have to put on a show. You just, this is me. You know, if you like it. Great. Stay with us. If you don't like it, tune out. But you no, get to be yourself. You are 100% right. Because I remember I signed the deal with, with Fox, and then I met with Jay Wallace, who's a, a president around mm-hmm. here, a pretty important person. And I said, well, listen, I don't know what I don't know. So tell me what I need to know. What what What's the like number one thing you need me to do? And he thought about it for a moment, and then he just said, he said, don't feel like you have to do you don't have to agree with the president. You don't have to disagree with the president. Just be you. Just we want authenticity. Authenticity kind of sells the day around you. And it was kind of exactly what you figured out as well. And um, I've never had anybody at Fox ever suggest, hey, we want you to do this or say that or or if I say something that maybe pushes the limits a little bit, I've never had anybody call me up and say, hey, can we uh, like maybe massage that a little right. bit? I've never had that conversation. It's very refreshing. And you're right. I think ultimately that's why the audience responds to it. Because I go out and meet people all across the country. And a lot of times they say, well, did Fox do this? And Fox, I'm like, no, absolutely not. There's, there's no way. Do you think they're telling 
Sean Hannity, what's the saying? <laughs> right, right. How to say it? Like, I mean, and he's been here the longest. So, no, it that's just that I we had a very similar experience that way. I think everybody has that experience, and yeah. I think that's what makes this place so special. Yeah, yeah. So, well, congratulations on making that, and then. Boy, you you know you're obviously feeling very comfortable if you're getting up on the stage of a flow rider and letting it rip like you did. Again, letting it rip wasn't my intended <laughs> goal, Jason Javis. Uh, it ripped on its own because that's one of my my objections with Fox. Can I can I can I talk yeah, shop sure, here? Sure, sure. I am not a tight clothes guy, and when I first got here, uh, I, I saw what the scene was, and all the guys were in the tight. I don't want to say tight fitting; it makes it sound like we're in spandex, but the form fitting clothes. Yes. So I got my suits tailored, and uh, this is one pair of pants I probably shouldn't have gotten tailored because, you know, much like you, we we come from the kicking arts. You were a kicker in college. Yes. I was a first team all all conference soccer goalie. So I have a, a meaty leg, Jason Chaffetz. So unfortunately. When when a meaty leg meets sweat and flow ride of dancing, none of those, and, and pants that were probably compromised to begin with, it's a bad scene. And then you have the rip. So um, I'm now asking Wardrobe to give me a little bit more room in the leg department. Well, that, that's good. I think we would all benefit from it. The from, nation would. Yeah. Yes, the nation would really appreciate <laughs> going that direction. Um, I, I got to tell you, there are a lot of people, I think, that, that listen to this show. Um, and there are a lot of lessons that, particularly like young people, need to learn or will learn somehow, some way. But this whole idea of being a mentor and finding somebody who's actually done something, and I, I, as I kind of hear you tell your story, there are some people along the way that helped you get to where you need to go. And you know, I've tried to at least with my own kids to try to encourage them and say, look. Um, dad'll help you all he can, but you need to find somebody who's doing what you want to do and look at what they've done and how they've done it. And it sounds like you had that same experience. Not only that, but you also need the people that are in the right positions to get you where you need to go. Now, I'm not saying only cherry pick people who can do things for you. That's not life. And no, and that gets no. snuffed out real quick. Yeah. That the, again, the authenticity right. about you not using somebody to, to step to the next stone, but to, to actually with sincerity in your heart say, Hey, what, what can I do? How do I do this? What, what advice can you give me? I mean, it's, I'm amazed. Like I have hired hundreds of people through my career, Business side, congressional side, very few ever have that conver- has ever had that conversation with me. Just ask because yeah. the worst thing somebody can say is no. And you know what? Even getting a no is going to be helpful because in life, I don't care who you are. Elon Musk gets a lot of no's. Bill Gates got a lot of no's. Everybody gets no's. You know, you have to be ready and prepared to deal with it, and that trains you for the next step. One thing I would say from a mentorship perspective is we did my timeline. You need to do these things early on. You need to try and fail as much as possible early on, because when you reach my age, I'm 44 now, two kids, there's not a lot of room for error. There's not a lot of time for error. I can't tell my wife, 
oh, you know, I changed my mind. I want to be an actor now. We're taking the kids or moving to a, a one-bedroom shack in West Hollywood. You know, that doesn't work. That That's not right. reality. Some people maybe, God bless you. I don't think you're listening to the Jason in the House podcast here. Um <laughs> But, you know, you are young. Hopefully you have made good financial decisions. Hopefully you're not killed with student loan debt. Um, And hopefully you can take that opportunity to try and fail. Hey, you may not fail. But even if you do fail, you've tried that thing and you've learned life lessons that will help you succeed at something. Well, I think and I think other people want to help people. I think it's a natural. I mean, the people if you're asking the right people, they're they're inclined to want to help you. Um, But. It's that authenticity. I just keep coming back to it that I think it just permeates. People want to be around who they like, who they know, who they who they enjoy, um, and that that are happy people. And you're happy people. Yeah, not always. I mean, again, look, part of the authenticity is when I get Maybe home. Maybe not at three thirty in the morning, but you no, know, no, no. Three thirty is when I am the happiest. Yeah. Three thirty in the afternoon is when I go into that <laughs> shell, and my wife says, "My wife literally describes that you die." I will stumble around the house like I've got long COVID, like bumping into the walls. She tells me something, I just give her that blank look, and as you might imagine, a wife gets upset with that normally because you know men don't listen, but I really don't listen. Um, and you know, I get cranky. Yeah, I'm, I'm a human. Four hours is not a normal amount of sleep. If I don't get that nap, I am not happy-go-lucky Todd. But, you know, you try to limit that, and uh, the kids the kids smack that out of you real good. You realize you have a, a higher purpose, and you find that extra gear for the little ones, especially, you know, when they're pulling your hair and kicking you and, uh, and just making you laugh. Well, I, I hope people uh, get a chance to uh, watch your show and and sometimes maybe need to even tape it because it's uh, particularly on the West Coast. So right. It's on really, really early. Two? No, wait. One to three a.m. on the West Coast. Yeah, so a lot of people are still up. Like I was talking to Tommy Laren, and I'm like, "How do you how do you do some of these hits, Tommy?" And this is when she was living back in California, and I think now she's in Tennessee. And she said, "I just stay up." And I said, "I have tried that. I cannot just stay up." Like. I'm getting, I must be getting too old. Like I used to never even go to bed till one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. Like that was just like, but now I, I, it's hard. Well, Tommy, to her credit, every Tuesday she is in that 5 a.m. Eastern hour. Yeah. She doesn't miss unless she's on vacation. There's never a missed hit time. There's never a problem. She's the most professional person. She's and always she's there. up, she, ready to go. And she brings it every single week. Oh yeah. You know. To be around, not to gravitate too much, but Tommy is, like you said, same person off the air that she is on the air. She's really adamant about what she believes in, and you know that she's talking from her heart and from her core. Now, we also take that to a different level. When it comes to sports, I am what my core tells me to be, and that is an a-hole. So when my Giants are losing, I am not a nice person. You don't want to like watch me. You don't want to interview Todd Pyro when the Giants are losing. You'd be like, wow, I have a completely different take on him. He's a horrible human being. Are you being. a face painter? Like when you go no. to a hockey game, are no, you no, wearing no. the I'm face I'm not like paint? Putty from Seinfeld, no. <laughs> but I get very angry. I yell a lot. Uh, and I'm not pleasant to be around. I'm, I'm just, I'm calling like it is. Football is not fun for me. The Giants make me question all of my life choices on a day in a day out basis, and uh, yeah, so I'm not fun. But again, that's the authenticity. It's not all uh, you know, sunshine well, that and rainbows. Sounds like Giants football in general. <laughs> right? I mean, got, there's fifty thousand people doing exactly what you're doing. Do you have a team for pro? Not really. You know, that's a funny thing because I live in Utah, right? 
And so either doing, you know, the Raiders or because they're in Vegas now, they're the closest. But a lot of people support the Broncos. Some people do the 49ers. I kind of grew up with doing the 49ers and Raiders. That's that's those are the teams that we like. But I, I don't know. You're BYU on the Saturday. It, Saturday it, it, slot, for me, right? it's like some of the people, right? Like the people that I, I know. Because I did. I was a place kicker back in the day. So if there's somebody from our school or somebody that I had played with, now I'm getting too old. There are Ty those, Detmer. Those guys. Right? Ty Detmer, yeah. I mean, he won the Heisman Trophy, and I was the place kicker. So I got I had five school records when I graduated. They were all extra point records, which is much more of a testament to the quarterback Right. And he was a great quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. We scored so many touchdowns. It was crazy how much we were lighting up the scoreboard. But, um, you know, people like that. And so when you see like Zach Wilson, you're like, okay, (laughs) come on, man. That's a whole nother topic. Don't go there. Can we please do the Zach Wilson discussion? <laughs> Wait, can I? I don't know. I, I will let you decide if we can or not. If you want to go there, I can. But we have a producer. You our main lit pro- up. I wish uh, my favorite topic. Face we we like have that. a producer who's our, our line producer on on my show, and he's a huge Jets fan. And every morning, can I say this? I, I'm I'm trying to get cues from you. Sure, go ahead. Every morning, I go, hey, uh, Anthony. Did uh did Zach Wilson hit on your mom today? <laughs> did uh did Zach Wilson hit That's on your mom so today? Bad. Every morning. <laughs> it's the best story of the year. Well, you, and we don't know the answer to that. We really. don't know, but he's a good-looking kid, <laughs> allegedly. You know, I'll be the news story person here. <laughs> there are rumors, unverified, that Zach Wilson had a dalliance with his mom's. Friend, you know what I was we'll fascinated that. about that that question gets asked to him, right? He's it's at the Jets camp. He gets, he gets, they ask him the question, and he says, "Tell him the punchline." What he says, he basically goes back and he says, "Well, I'm just trying to do everything I can to make this team better." And I'm like, <laughs> "You could have said no. You could have actually just said no." Next question, but he didn't do that. Next, he's going to treat try to uh, redefine what a recession is. Um, but <laughs> this is the <laughs> it is the greatest story because again to try to do the visual, and I know he's your quarterback. He's a BYU guy, and I apologize for beating you up don't on need a BYU. To apologize, but he looks like he's eight years old. Okay. Yeah, he's a look. He is a good-looking kid, but he looks like a kid. <laughs> right. He doesn't look like a a weathered John Elway, right? right? It just does not kind of fit that mold. John like Elway, Dan Marino or something. John oh. Elway came out of the womb looking like he was 47. <laughs> yeah. um, but he looks like a little boy, and his mom is, is she younger than me? Maybe? I mean, his his mom's really young. So from a um, an opportunity perspective, it, it, it could match up. Age-wise, but from a humor perspective, it's the greatest story. And you've been in locker rooms. You know that this story is just making the Jets' locker room the place to be. His teammates must be unleashed on this guy. Especially, you know, okay, he's turning the corner into his second season, but as a rookie, he must have just been... I mean, they they are unrelenting in in a locker room. There's no way those DBs are letting that go without just... 
I mean, the humor that must come out of that locker room must right. be. And this isn't the backup punter role. This is the role that was once held by Joe Namath. Of the New York Jets. Right. You're this, the starting quarterback. They may be one of the worst teams, but they're always the <laughs> highest profile team. And, then, and Anyway. All right. Well, we got off the rails there. Sure. But and you're right. I did light up like a Christmas tree yeah. when you said <laughs> the, the new, story. The <laughs> smile that came out of Todd's face was just unbelievable. You're listening to Jason in the House. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right. Hey, we got to wrap this up with some uh, quick questions here. And we always do these rapid questions. So are you ready? Yes. First concert you attended. Oh, no, I don't want to. Uh, Paula Abdul with a color, yes. color Me Bad opener. Yes. I feel bad for my dad to this day that we dragged a middle-aged man to Color Me Bad opening for Paula Abdul. Sorry, Dad. Sweet. That is a great item on your Because I had a crush on Paula Abdul. What was your high school mascot? Horrible mascot. The hillbilly. <laughs> That's not a joke. In New Jersey? Yep, because we, we lived on a hill. Are they still it, the hillbillies? I I think so. Although, no, I think they changed. No, they still have the hillbillies, but they removed the jug of moonshine <laughs> from the from the from the logo. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, it is a great game. If you go around to somebody and say, and you you get twelve people together and say, "What's your high school mascot?" Inevitably, somebody's going to be the hillbillies. So stupid, like. We're 25 minutes outside the city. <laughs> but Hillbillies is what we the are. The New Jersey Hillbillies. All right. Well, we know who your first celebrity crush was. Uh, what's your favorite vegetable? No, you don't. My first I celebrity. You, oh, oh. I liked Paul Abdul, but my first celebrity crush, different, same church, different pew, uh, Debbie Gibson. Oh, yeah. Love Debbie Gibson. All right. Huge, huge Debbie Gibson. I can fan. understand that. A lot of kids were in that same boat. Also, at the same time, Heather Locklear and TJ Hooker. Okay, so truth be told, yeah. I get on a plane one time. I'm married. I'm I'm happily married. I'm not looking or doing anything. But I go and I sit down in my, I got upgraded to first class. Sitting right next to me, Heather Locklear. <sighs> Man. And she was super nice. I, I But I'm like, and I just played it cool. Like I didn't know who she was, but I know exactly where right. she was. And, and anyway, she was very nice. She was very nice, but I was... By the way, on the Heather in the House podcast that I've listened to multiple times, she tells a story of sitting next to this congressman oh, from Utah. Up. It's it's shut a beautiful up. story. She was like, I oh, saw this beautiful. guy. It's the guy I admired on oh, the watching C-SPAN for all those years. And I sat next to him. I didn't want to like get too you know fangirly. It's great. That's it's great so story. funny. Yeah, right? you, can, I, you 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 mentioned something. when I was I decided to leave Congress. Um, and I came in and I talked to Fox and they, they kind of gave me the, why should we hire you? And the answer I gave them was, well, I did host the number one show on C-SPAN and they thought that that was the funniest <laughs> answer. <laughs> I mean, I already did host the number one show on C-SPAN, the oversight committee. All right. We got to keep going fast. Sure. Uh, um, if you met Bigfoot, what would you ask him? Where do you live? 
and why don't you come out and play more? Yeah. It's a good You're a hillbilly. He's probably yeah, more apt to give you Let's the go. interview than anybody else. Um, if you can meet one person, dead or alive, throughout history, and say, hey, honey, guess what? Uh Let's get a nice dinner together because we got somebody coming over. Who would that be? I would want to meet uh, my dad's dad. Uh, died in 1965. My dad was in his early 20s. Obviously, I was born 13 years later. Um, I heard he was very funny. I heard we had a we have a lot of similar characteristics. Um, he died at 45 years old. That's too young. Uh, I would like to meet him and just see why yeah, he was funny. Great answer. Chat with him. Oh, great answer. Um, pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? Yes. Um, I don't mind it. Mm. I'll t- any th- any pizza is good. I like Vince Vaughn from Wedding Crashers. Good pizza, bad pizza. It doesn't matter. It's pizza, baby. <laughs> I just have a problem with wet fruit on pizza. Sure. But anyway, uh, best advice you ever got? I, I, I find myself coming back to this from my dad a lot. Um, um, people can be tricky. And uh, just just not be on your guard, but just, you know, People can do weird things during the course of their lives. It was the overall. It wasn't like this this one thing that you put on a bumper sticker, but just you know, people can right. can can do weird things, and they may surprise you in a negative way. So you know, just just be 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 prepared. Don't don't you know? Don't trust everybody implicitly. I, I think I'm a trusting guy, but you know, I think you have a little bit of skepticism every now and again. Not not for Jason Jaffitz. You can trust him. <laughs> well, thank you. Right. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on this the Jason and Us podcast. I really do appreciate it. Because as a married man, I'm not allowed to talk about myself ever anymore. So this was a nice opportunity to talk about myself for 45 <laughs> no, minutes. No, it's great. You do great things. You bring great energy to it. And uh, I, I'm just glad to get to know you a bit better. And thanks for joining us today. In the words of Zach Wilson, I'm just glad to get to know you a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the end of this podcast. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the Jason the House podcast. I can't thank uh, Todd enough for spending the time. It really was fun. And it, I really, I seriously, if you were sitting here, I wish you could have seen uh, his face light up when uh, we started talking about the quarterback for the New York Jets. We went to like DEFCON, I don't know, 10 with him on that one. He was smiling, always happy, no matter when and where you see Todd. He's always a happy warrior, smiling, good guy. But man, when you start talking about the New York Jets, he just lit up. But next time we do a podcast with Todd Pryor, we'll start with the New York Jets and you'll have even a better experience. It was a good, fun exchange, and I wish him nothing but the best. And he's just one of the good people. And uh, um, I, I hope we get the chance to know him even better and spend more time with him and his family and his two kids. Uh, he works hard, that's for sure. Um, thanks again for listening to the, to the Jason in the House podcast. Uh, hope you can review it, subscribe to it. Uh, you can go over to foxnewspodcast.com to find other similar types of podcasts that you might enjoy. I'm Jason Chaffetz. This has been Jason in the House. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.